Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Thank you to everyone joining us on Facebook Live. Thank you for those of you joining us on YouTube Live. We are excited, excited. First of all, give yourselves a round of applause. Could have been anywhere in the world, but you decided to be right here rocking with us. So I appreciate you guys joining in and being a part of the show. As always, for the first, not the first time, for the second time in a long time, I got to go ahead and throw my guy in here. DJ Highstar is in the building, ladies and gentlemen. We're here. What's good? What's, What's good, good with it, bro? Chilling, man. Uh, shout out to you. Man, we right here. Chilling. Graphics and stuff. But as you can see, you know, you'll have to look into the mirror this evening to um <laughs> to read my name. But nevertheless, <laughs> um, welcome, welcome, welcome. Oddly enough, though, if you knew this. Mine, same way. So uh, we, we got to figure out a way to go ahead and uh, get that together, you know what I mean, and lock in and, and get these things flipped around so these folks can see, you know what I mean, exactly what they need to see. Like that last-minute graphic you was talking about, but it's fire about that, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I mean? Next week, we'll have the right thing and have it locked in. I mean, for those of you looking for your marketing needs, check out greatmarketingsolutions.net. That's all to it. Plug. I see you out there repping Crux. Shout out to Crux Media. Listen. For those who don't know, and for those who do know, let me remind you, Crux Media out here doing the thing, man. Uh, I am excited to be a part of this network that is growing, doing big things. Um, we got studios, Columbia, Florence, soon to be here up in the Charlotte area. Like, we're doing things, man. The PD All-Stars right around the corner, man. Folks dropping live shows. Man, if you ain't with Crux, man, who you with? What you, what you even doing in life? But all that being said and done, bro, how you been, man? I see, I see, this, see the specs, you know what I mean? You out here shining. What you, what you been up to, man? I feel like I ain't, ain't rap with my dog in a minute. Uh, I just came back from Baltimore. Um, okay. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> but no, just on the road and stuff like that. Okay. Headed to Atlanta and stuff uh, this weekend. But um, catch the UFC fight uh, that'll be actually broadcasting in London. But I'll be DJing a, a fight party down there. Listen, I just want to be like you when I grow up, man. Get be a world traveler, you know what I mean? I hear you are grown up. Anything? Say again? Yeah, you are grown up. Just say you want to be like me. <laughs> Where's the loop? Because I feel like somehow I set you up for that one, and I walked into it myself. Um, but nonetheless, we want to thank everybody again for being a part of the show. If you are listening live. Make sure you hit us up on Facebook, on YouTube. Your chat comments should, hopefully, fingers crossed, be a part of the show. And for those of you who may be listening on the podcast itself, uh, make sure you hit us up, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net to be able to be a part of the show. So, dog, 
It's been a whole bunch going on in the sports world this week. Unless you guys were under a rock, you may have missed it. The NFL is king. (laughs) The Carolina Panthers have shaken up the league with making a dramatic and wonderful trade to move up to the first pick. Go ahead. I don't even want the music to play no more. What, what, what's, what's the grinning and, and skinning and all, all, all that about going on right there, man? Man, uh, <laughs> you're going to get them stirred up this early. You know, uh, you know, shaking up Charlotte in, in South Carolina and definitely, you know, grab the headlines for two or three days. But let, let's go, man. Cause I, but go let, you know what? That seems like a perfect place to step. Because I've been trying to tell folks. The Carolina Panthers of old are gone. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of grateful about it. And, and not just because I was ready to burn all my stuff, not just because I was ready to give away everything that I owned and not be a fan of the Panthers anymore if they had, you know, continued along the same path. Mm-hmm. But because I'm ready to see winning football. And it feels like, if nothing else, they've somehow found a way to rejuvenate me into my fandom and get me back online. It's like, hey, man, Big Cliff, we listened to the show. We heard your grievances, so we got you. We're going to go head on and bing bong, get you right, and uh, relax and let, and let, let, it, let, it, let it lie. They're, they're doing just what you said. They're doing everything they can to dominate the headlines to make sure that the name Carolina Panthers is on pause, on all of the lips of all of the, so all the commentaries, all the, the commentaries, all the commentators, all the those who are giving the commentary, like Facebook, Instagram, like everywhere, Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. Where you love us or hate us, um, we didn't sign Baker Mayfield like the <laughs> like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, and we'll get into that in just a second. But I guess give me your knee jerk snap reaction, even though that's like not a thing for you. But give me your first thoughts on the trade itself and what you were thinking when you saw that we went up to number one, because we actually have not had this conversation yet, even offline. Although we've been around each other since then. We, we still, on purpose, haven't had this conversation. So I'm definitely interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, ec- equitable on both sides. Uh, I've had to have the conversation. <laughs> I haven't had it with you. I've had to have the conversation with a couple of other frat brothers. And um, y'all just write the show, man. And I'll just take this time real quick to say, instead of calling me, instead of texting me, asking all DJ Star, what do you think about just write the show. Holla I'm start, yeah, I'm going to start getting rude. Well, nah, you some of them, smart. <laughs> I was about to say, some of them would argue that it wouldn't be starting. But nevertheless, um, equitable on both sides. Uh, one thing about it is uh, to get a lot, you got to give a lot. Uh, so as much as we talk about the things that, like a lot of times we talk about the Panther side of stuff and their perspective of, if they won the trade or lost that trade and people are really hitting both of us up and asking, what are the Panthers thinking? You know, giving up DJ Moore. Why, why would they do that? And although you've argued about his consistency as far as putting up numbers and being able to be a, you know, a, a solid number one, uh, he's not, you know, in that tier of, oh, boo-hoo, we had to – let this guy we let Christian McCaffrey go for you know mm-hmm. for heaven's mm-hmm. sakes. We we you know we got rid of um of Christian McCaffrey. So we already saw the signs of what was going to be going on. It's just about when it was gonna happen, when the chips was gonna fall. 
so happened to be Chicago felt like that could be the piece that, you know, complete the package or, you know, um, it may have been on the other end where Carolina had put that up, but still it was equitable on both sides because there's a lot of things outside of just picking uh, a player with that number one pick that we could still do with having the number one pick. Absolutely. So for those who may have missed it, the Carolina Panthers again traded with the Chicago Bears for the number one overall pick. Uh, in the trade, the Bears received receiver DJ Moore. They received the number nine pick in this year's draft. They received a second round pick, a 2024 first round pick, and a second round pick in 2025. And in return, the Carolina Panthers received the first pick overall so essentially as i um and we've a lot of folks have digested it into this so we don't want to spend too much time on it but essentially it, it it results in a pick swap this year so those cancel out they get a second round pick from us which we gave up our pick which would have been the latter of our two second round picks so we still have based on and uh, as a result of the panthers trade with the san francisco 49ers as you mentioned with christian mccaffrey we still have a second round pick this year so we're locked in and we're good there we also only after all of that, if you think about it, we gave up a one first round pick and a second round pick in 2025. So two picks and DJ Moore. Everybody's, oh, who's he going to throw the ball to? We've already seen through free agency that they have been making moves. We'll dig into that in just a second as well. So they're already making moves on that side of it. They are additionally in a position where as a result of freeing up or uh, trading DJ Moore, we have extra cap space. And so that's going to put us in a very, very good space that not only are we going to be able to continue to sign these top-level free, I won't say top-level, I'm going to be real about it, and say these solid, good free agent uh, talent, but we're now also going to be able to continue to do so throughout the season. There's still players who are designated as June 1st cuts that could very easily find themselves in homes here at the Carolina Panthers. We're looking at, uh, if you look over in Cleveland, a, a Carolina kid himself, Mr. Davion Clowney was recently released. Released. Uh, recently released with the June. First, <laughs> listen, it was. No, but he was released with a June first designation. So at that point, he very well could find himself a home, especially being and preferred to be a three-four guy. That being the defense that we're transitioning to, at this stage in his career, he should come home. He should come home. He should have been already home, but at this point, it just makes too much sense for him to go what ahead you, and make that move. What do you feel about the uh, tight end acquisition? I, I love it. I, I'm one that is has been a fan of him since his Carolina days. And as a matter of fact, I want to pull up all of the acquisitions and or moves because um, it's been it's, a lot. It listen, it's been a lot. Now we'll start, of course, with the Panthers, and then we'll go from there into some of right. the uh, some of the other ones. But go ahead, what were you saying? I was going to say all the way up, leading all the way up until us recording, really. It's been some movement going on, um, you know, like you said, while you pull that up, I know we want to start with the Panthers, but there's a lot of uh, options at uh, in the backfield that that we could go with as far as trying to, you know, again, make make one of those acquisitions with the cap space that we cleared up with, uh, you know, with with the DJ Moore situation. Not to mention the restructuring of several key players, including Shaq um, Thompson. So I say Shaq Davis, even though shout out to SC State Shaq Davis. That kid's going to make himself some money this year. I don't see him being anything less than a third round, possibly a second. So keep your eyes on Shaq Davis. But Carolina Panthers in this uh, free agency period have signed safety Von Bell three years, $22.5 million. D 
defensive tackle, another three, four guys, shy Tuttle, three years, 19 and a half middle. Quarterback Andy Dalton, two years, uh, $10 million. As we previously mentioned, Hayden Hurst, tight end, three years, $21.75 million. Miles Sanders, which a lot of people have been, you know, saying what they say. And I, I think it's a solid backup. And I know that this is completely Carolina Lands tainted because I actually had Miles Sanders in fantasy football a few years ago and I drafted him. And I was like, oh, this guy's trash. I'm never drafting him again. And, but then he showed what he was able to do alongside a running quarterback. Um, and so that then increased his his worth and all of that. And so he's he's doing his thing. It's a solid pickup for us. Center Bradley Bozeman resigns three years, eighteen million. And then we also signed defensive lineman Deshaun Williams, another three four guys who's going to help and be able to come in and be a part of that uh, contributions to the Panther squad immediately. Where are the holes at? The holes? Yeah. Where would you Where would you want to see that L is very important? <laughs> Uh, oh yeah oh yeah that no i definitely said the holes where are the holes at i'm sorry because and i'm not even trying i'm i know clearly you got the rim shot ready because exactly i'm saying i i yeah that wasn't intentional but where are the holes in the roster that you observe Right now, what we can definitely use is some more cornerback help, and I believe that that will be a point of contention really? with with the draft. Yes, I do. Um, knowing that JC's coming back off of a second consecutive injury, um, knowing not knowing where DJAC will be, uh, it'll, it'll be integral to see what they're able to do to get some depth there. Starting, I think, will be okay, but DBs is definitely um, one of the areas. As Taylor Paul, I thank you for joining us in on Facebook. Uh, my guy, TP, man, that's my boy. He says DBs. Um, so again, DBs, wide receivers, are, although we have, you know, we've got a pass catching tight end, we still will look to do some damage with the draft and even possibly in the free agency. We know that Adam Thielen, the day after he was um, let go, his name was brought up as one of the Panthers' potential targets. I've seen some several others who are out there who could possibly be up for trade. We know that there's one big name out there in Arizona that we may still be able to swing. It's just going to be able to be see how aggressive they're wanting to be leading up into that draft. Now, that takes me to the point, and I want us to take spend a little second on it, and then we'll talk about some of the other free agent acquisitions across the league as well. We know that the Carolina Panthers currently possess the number one overall pick. DJ Highstar, do you think that they will pick a quarterback with the number one pick? Yes. Okay, okay. Who is the quarterback that you think the Carolina Panthers will pick with the number one pick in the 2023 NFL draft? Bryce Young. Mm, okay. It's not, um, it's not my choice for quarterback. Uh, shout out to Scott Cooper. Said have to. And if he's responding to me, that's exactly what uh, I, that's exactly the way that I feel or why I said that. I feel like the fan base, if they do do anything splashy and I'm not going to try to step on you. <laughs> For real, I really don't want to step on your teaser toes or nothing. Do anything splashy, like getting someone other than Bryce young, let's say Anthony Richardson or something. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. But um, you know, the fans, I don't think, I don't think that they will, you know, want that pushback from the fans. With with coveting the number one draft pick the way that they the way that they grabbed it and acquired it. It's not like you know, we tanked for a season and 
It's like, no, we're making moves. So they, you know, we're making safer moves that, that are still impactful. So they don't want to, if, if they hearing all of these top, you know, quarterbacks being mentioned in these the Kuipers and all of that stuff and the mock drafts, mm-hmm. they, and they don't hear Richardson's name still granted for what he, whatever he did at the combine, then, you know, it's not, it's not the popular choice. In other words, like that for your fans. And it's like sensitive right now, sensitive time for you with your fans. Yes. And no, if you listen to the fans, of course, course. this franchise would just be man. Oh, 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 you're saying, so if they listen to you, not me, no, 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 (laughs) I'm not just any regular fan now, but if they listen to the consensus of the fans, we, we'd be up that Creek. We be where we at. Right. So here's the thing. I love the idea of us sticking in. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna jump. Yeah, I see. Right, shout out to yeah. Listen, shout out first of all. Shout out to Cuzzo, my guy, brother JJ Stewart. You know what I mean? That's, that's that's a good guy right there. But I honestly believe that the Carolina Panthers will not pick number one overall. They there have been several reports out there, and Scott, I'm gonna we'll jump to your comment in just a second. There have been several reports that have talked about the Carolina Panthers being locked in on two quarterbacks. Most have assumed that it's either Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. From the earlier comments that with the hot take that I dropped during the combine, combined with what the general consensus, if you would, is out there, as well as some murmurs that I'm hearing from behind the scenes in, in some connected places. Oh, I'm just oh my gosh, that. here we Not go. A source hey, that was the original plug that told me about how Richardson was his name was being mentioned a lot. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna paint this picture for you. Frank Reich was a quarter was the head coach of which NFL franchise last season? Was the what coach? The head coach, yeah. Of of which NFL franchise? Yes, let's repeat the question so we can yeah. take that time to gather our thoughts. Indianapolis Colts. Exactly the Colts. The Indianapolis Colts have the fourth pick in this year's draft and are in need, dire need Thank you, of Thank you. a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The first one of the first things that, that they do with Frank Wright and Federer is to jump above the Colts to say, we know you want a quarterback and I know which one you want, but let me go ahead and get this first pick. I wholeheartedly with my entire being believed that there's some sprinkled sauces of pettiness that was involved with that. Not only do you now get to make your franchise better, not only do you get to be in the position of power and controlling the entire draft because whatever Carolina does if they stick in that number one spot affects the remainder of the draft not only do you do that but now you can say hey I know you want this guy how bad do you want him because you know that there's at least four others in the top 10 who want quarterbacks how bad you want the guy you want (laughs) yeah don't boy patty up (laughs) exactly and so I really feel like there's too much leverage knowing how much other franchises want this number one pick. And if they truly are settled in on multiple guys, mm-hmm. now you have that leverage. You, you've got that pick and you've put yourself in the position of, hey, we either get to go and get our guy, grab the franchise quarterback that we want number one, or we can go ahead and barter a little bit. Now, do I think that they would trade with the Colts? It would cost the Colts a lot. And I don't know that Jim Ursay is – that type that's going to grin and bear it and swallow his pride just because he knows he wants a quarterback. By all accounts, out of every report that I've heard, the Colts are in love with Anthony Richardson. And for that fact alone, 
I believe that the Carolina Panthers will either stay in the first slot and draft Anthony Richardson as the quarterback, or they will go and move into a spot, maybe two, maybe three, but nothing less than that, because, again, the Colts are there at four, and still take Anthony Richardson ahead of the Colts. Either way, they're going to do everything they can to to not get to let the Colts get their hands on them. Now, I know that – now, I want to stop back and go back to Scott's comment – um, they talked about we could go a certain way and kind of go what the Bengals did and get the quarterback wide receiver uh, combo to get Stroud and Jackson Smith Jimba. I don't know that he will be there for us in the second round, although we do have the 39th pick, which is, you know, p- pretty relatively reasonable. I got a feeling that Buffalo Buffalo's not going to let him get too much farther past them, um, even though they do need a running back, a, a wide receiver like that for them with, with their quarterback, I think would be a good fit. So I don't see him making it into the second round. But Ultimately, I, I, I hear folks saying Tepper wants Young. I hear folks say Bryce Young is the uh, mini, uh, what do they call him, mini Patrick Mahomes. I hear all that. I know that C.J. Stroud has this, the, the physique and the stature, but there is something special about Anthony Richardson. Having gone back and watched some of his film, granted, he only had 13, <laughs> exactly, Carolina North Buffalo. Although he only had 13 starts, although he may not be the most accurate, I said it then during that combine watching him, and I believe it even more so now having gone back and watched some of his film from Florida. The young man possesses it. He's got something dynamic about him that coupled with the coaching that this staff is primed and positioned to be able to to, to provide him. I can see him being the next it. There were a lot of folks who didn't have uh, have that much faith in Jalen. He showed himself to be just who he said he was. And, and, And Listen, hey, he is who he said he was. And he's in a Super Bowl last year with the potential chance, depending upon if they can stop the leak of <laughs> players leaving, Philly could be back in position again to move forward and, and actually make some noise. Now, all that being said, I'm sticking to my guns. Anthony Richardson, one way or another, will be the quarterback of your Carolina Panthers moving forward. What are your thoughts, High Star? Cool. Um, <laughs> my thoughts are, yeah, shout out to everybody in the comments. Nah, but... uh you know, those to me, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and because of what I saw with Richardson, um, I, I, I like what you said, JJ, because that that like that was the big difference that I did see. It was like he um exceeded expectations in some departments um at the combine, but because he did that and exceeded expectations in certain areas, it was almost like um it that's what I'm saying, J, uh, JJ. It reminded me of Cam, like, yeah, of course you got a big arm because you could, you know, whatever. But the the zip and the line on the on them, you know, routes wasn't as crispy as I, you know, would, you know, that you would like to see in a regular regular open drill like that with nobody in your face or anything. Cam Newton's best season was 2015, and he won the NFL MVP. What was different about that season? than any of the others in his career? Do you know? The quarterback coach? Uh, the, arm? the quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator. Excellent. When, when changes began to be made and a lot of different things changed, Cam always had a dynamic arm. He was always physical. He had the ability, the ability to just throw passes a million yards down the field and or run you over which was a talent and allowed us to win a lot of games, but not necessarily win the right ones and get to the right level. Cam Newton, aside from going vegan, which I just, just like 
any athlete that goes vegan at this point. It's like, bro, why? You just don't like your career no more? But with coaching, Cam was able to be the best version of himself. Imagine a young quarterback who gets to come in and have the tutelage and leadership of not only a play caller and offensive mind like Frank Wright, but to have the veteran leadership of a Luke McCown, who's now the quarterback's coach, to also have the on-the-field leadership of an Andy Dalton. For all that can be said about him, he's not hes not the red rifle no more. He's more like the red cap gun. But he has been on multiple teams. He's been in a position to know what it takes to be successful and also the mistakes that it takes and you can make to not be successful. He's got all of this leadership that can provide him the examples both on the field as well as off the field and really put them put him in the best position to succeed and excel. When you go and you put yourself in, in, in the class of the Avengers as a coaching staff, at some point in time, you got to prove it. You can't just like get a whole bunch of names together and say, yeah, we're the greatest. Do you see all this experience? We got 167 years of coaching experience and we're awesome. Show it, prove it, put it to action. What better opportunity than with somebody who could, again, be that special? Not to say anything against Bryce Young, because the young man could very well end up being great. I'm not all that convinced of the of the three that and, and we're not even going to pull the Will Levis into this conversation because wouldn't it be just like the Panthers to just like pull a fast one on everybody? <laughs> Go get the one quarterback. To get. Well, that's what like I said, everybody doesn't have like the eye that you do and stuff. So that's what that Anthony Richardson situation will feel like uh, for, you know what I mean? For for Charlotte and the Carolinas as a whole. So let me ask you this. As a Panther fan, and I want all of you guys in the in, uh, that are watching, and this is Carolina Sports Talk. You're sitting in with your man, Big Cliff, DJ Highstar as well, Facebook Live, YouTube Live. If the Carolina Panthers draft Anthony Richardson, and for the first few weeks, Andy Dalton is our starting quarterback, who comes in, we start off 2-1, and one, serviceable, competitive, young man's ready by week four, comes in and goes off. Y'all still going to be upset? As Panther fans, me no, <laughs> I won't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you, why, you stacking, why are you stacking a question like that? <laughs> I mean, you go frame like how did you put it like that? No, like, but here's the thing: all of these hurt feeling fans, uh, JJ just got the solution for y'all. And simply put, winning solves everything. They can be as upset as they want. We want Bryce Young. We want this person. We want that. That's fine. When they win, period, it's going to be it. When Cam came in the league with that two tight ends, Jeremy and Greg, in 2015 season, he had a bowling ball and tight end in the backfield. Think you we might draft AR-15. <laughs> and so it, it matters. It definitely matters where we have to have the players around them, the structure. But we're building the blocks. The coaching staff doesn't have any super great, period like ginormous names but a lot of good steady ones every one of these acquisitions that we've made up until this point none of them are splashy none of them are like oh man we got the best so and so and so out there but they're steady they're consistent and they're building the framework both with the leadership component as well as opening doors for the future to draft and have a sustainable team that's going to be good for years i'm i'm excited overall i'm really really excited and looking forward to the potential of what this Panther squad can can be and what they can put together. My guy Brett Seats out there, shout out to Brett. 
Brett says, I'm trying not to get so upset about anything anymore. It all seems so crazy when this started, but it's starting to make sense now. See, Brett, had you listened to your boy from the beginning, I said, first of all, that I, I said Wright should have been the coach of the two that were there. Am, am I wrong? High star. Yo, Brett, shout out to you for your uh, comment. <laughs> Go ahead, continue, man. Let's... No, I, know, I saw early on the bigger picture. Like I, I talked to my boss to a couple of days ago. I might not be the in the detail weeds kind of guy at the job. I, I might not be that guy. But when you say big picture, I am going to see it, and then I can start seeing and pinning pin down from there. I saw and I knew that no. no no hate against no my brother against the show prosper i know the, i know the verse too <laughs> no like i i do you think that uh what's the oh the coach that was just here um brett please question him keep questioning him you talking about uh matt rule no the the interim just went over to uh well listen smart guy steve wilkes this would not be happening had Steve Wilkes been the, the, the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Would we have been scrappy and competitive? Absolutely. Because the players would have played their hearts out for him and we still wouldn't have had the, the level of talent, structure, and possibility that we have here. I'm not saying I said so, but I did not say so. That's exactly. All You're just happy that you don't have to burn all of that Carolina stuff and that we don't hold you. <laughs> To the things that you said about the organization, all right? They listen. I am incredibly happy. You know why? And this is going to jump us into our next uh, topic as we uh, not talk, but because we go into some of these other teams. The Las Vegas Raiders signed quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo to a three-year, sixty-seven and a half million dollar contract. First of all, just win, baby, or just. Let me win. One of the two. Either way, I am excited that he is a member of the black and silver and not blue because that alone would even if he was just a transitional quarterback, that 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 would have just broke my heart, bro. But um, apparently they they've got some things in mind. They've got him. Of course, they franchise Josh Jacobs. They got Jacoby Myers from the Patriots. Mark uh, Marcus Epps, Amir Abdullah running back from Detroit Lions. Brandon Parker, another really solid tackle. So they are slowly doing some things, although I think, honestly, black and silver, they will very likely win about 10, 11 games and then choke in the playoffs, as it is uh, Jimmy G's nature to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, oh, man, y'all. Yeah, 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 Taylor going in. Yeah, you see it? Taylor says, Cliff, stop it, man. This guy, AR-15, was 54% in college. So what do you think he's going to do in the NFL? He's going to receive coaching, Taylor. That's what he's going to do. He's going to be able to put himself in a position to be a better player than he was in college. Now, see, now I'm about to start preaching. Y'all ready? What if we were restricted to what we were in the past? What if you in college were who you are, L, for the rest of your life? There was no development. I know if that was the case for me, I'd be in trouble. But nonetheless, uh, <laughs> Scott Coop uh, said the Raiders are not making the playoffs. But, bro, I'm not going to go into all of the teams. I had to give that one. Again, I got to give a shout-out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Shout-out to X. Shout-out to my LB. Ow. All of those all those Tampa Bay fans. Y'all was sitting high and mighty just the other day. It was all good when y'all was winning the Super Bowl with uh Tom Brady. 
Now y'all went from uh, TB to BM. And boy, is he a BM boy. Baker Mayfield signing a one-year, $8.5 million contract, expected to compete and most believed to be the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm excited for that because not only do we get to play them twice a year, but they're in our division, so that's two easy wins, man. Like, uh, <laughs> in the words of uh, one Sean Carter, they they repoed that vehicle. It was all good just a week ago. Exactly, exactly. But they 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 re- did resign Levante David. Chase Edmonds is up there. Anthony Nelson. They're making a little bit of noise, barely. But of all of the free agent signings, <laughs> see how I just yeet, yeet. which one fan up here too, though. We yeah, it worked. Oh, gotta get got uh, Scott says you gotta get some Tampa fans up. Two easy wins. I won't say easy wins, but they're two wins. They're two, the only person or the only team in the NFC South that I even see being of resistance. Uh, how Josh said, "Oh no, we got the West. We got the South. Um, maybe Atlanta, based on the moves that they've been making." But which ones to you, DJ High Stars, stand out and show kind of some direction for these teams? Uh, the Saints, the Saints acquisitions, the um, Philly, as you alluded to, not necessarily the, well, yeah, the moves that they made, but it's not, um, you know, always indicative of uh, receiving players. It's, you know, it's not always acquisitions, but it's, you know, people that they that they let go as well. So uh, those, um, like you said, the Miles Davis, that might be a sneaky little that that one really might be a sneaky grab because I think it takes Eckler off of the table for us. It's something that we don't have to worry about with people like Eckler, with um, like Ezekiel Elliott just uh, became available, Derek Henry's of the world and stuff like that. We've we pretty much our offensive backfield is okay. Like I'm I'm I, I would love to see some more something added to it, but I I'm not mad at, at what we did with that. Uh, <laughs> Speaks to where we want to go, of course, you know, as far as getting somebody like Miles Sanders. But, yeah, um, I think that's, man. Yeah, yeah. So, Very for simple. me, as you just alluded to one, the release of uh, Mr. Feed Me himself, Ezekiel. Zeke. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be that guy. But I'm so good at it. Let's not go ahead and just restrict uh, that. At the beginning of last season, during the fantasy fo- fabulous ladies fantasy football league draft, um, in con- consultation with Patriot Patty, I-, I mentioned, "Hey, that Tony Pollard guy, he finished last year real strong. I think he is going to get more plays, more touches than Zeke, and you can expect him to to go off. You need to draft him." Um, she did helped a little bit towards you know I think a third or fourth place finish in the league, but. I saw that Zeke was on his last last wheel. Uh, he he's not every season that he's been in the league, his rushing yard totals have decreased. Although the first year he was an All Pro rookie, had over twelve hundred yards from scrimmage. Um, he, he he was nice. He was like that, and then he wasn't. Um, I think his better days are behind him. Kind of similar to what Todd Gurley, although his was more so injury. He just fell off, and he, and he wasn't anywhere around. And, and as a result. Unfortunately, the same happened to Zeke, and um, and he played he played with his weight, uh, where you know you got big, but then you know you're able to, of course, drop the pounds because you're a career athlete. Um, but when you're when your your repertoire and your game is predicated on contact and heavy contact, getting 
through the uh, A and B gaps and stuff like that, mm-hmm. your, your your lifespan is not going to last that long. Um, you know, and we've seen it oh, time and time again. So it's it's similar to like if, if you're Floyd Mayweather or if you, you know, Evander Holyfield and you just stand, you know what I'm saying, getting wop, wop, or are you right. or are you Floyd and you, you know, so. Yeah, and, and that on top of the fact that where organizations have gone with the two back, um, you know, sets, it's like you have to make the most of your touches. A lot of times when the, he was in there, defenses had their game plan like sewed up where they, all right, we got him. You know, key 21. All right, you know, everything else but yeah. The, the evolution of basketball, the evolution of football into the load management days, into, as you mentioned, the two-back system, was designed to be able to continue allowing a product to be the best product as as possible on the field, but for a longer sustained period. With quarterbacks, you can barely touch them, sneeze at them, look at them the wrong way, throw some dirt at them, and you're getting a flag. With With wide receivers, they've got the line of scrimmage boundaries, and then you can't, you know, engage with contact past a certain point. With running backs, however, that's not changed. As the defenders have gotten bigger, stronger, faster, the running backs still getting beat up. They've got to come through the hole, According. and every they getting lit. You you understand it? So as Accordion. such, life say again. Accordion. Exactly, getting folded. And so their lifespans are incredibly shorter. When you have dynamic backs. They try to prolong their careers by doing certain things like the load management and having the multiple backs. But then you'll have a Christian McCaffrey who just comes, he just it, threw down back. Or you got your rarities of the world who, um, like your uh, out of Tennessee. What's his name? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Cuz just put a good point out there. There ain't no more fullbacks because that's where once upon a time you could have a fullback to take a lead block for you. Um, formation. Exactly. It's it's a different era. And so if anything, they're probably as a result getting hit more. And so there ain't a whole bunch of Derrick Henry's out there like that. And and so these guys, they're going to take those beatings and have careers like Zeke where they're not going to be as effective for as long. And so I'm not upset with any of them going to get their money. I wish Zeke the best, especially since he's not a cowboy no more. While we own the Cowboys, I do have to acknowledge the tandem of Stefan Gilmore alongside the other on um uh, fellow little brother, why can't I remember? Like, I'm bad with names. Oh, yeah, I'm not getting cold with a small now, now. The audience now, the audience can help out now. I'm a easy, Diggs. easy DJ, but I'm gonna <laughs> present something to you off the air. But go ahead, having Diggs Look. and Gilmore. I remember it on my thank, thank you, Unc. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> Look, now they fall in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be fun. This uh, is gonna uh, of course, the cowboy fan uh, would help give it, but to have Diggs on one side and Gilmore on the other is a very, very interesting uh, occurrence for them. I hope it doesn't work out because again, it's the cop, it's the Cowboys. I mean, come on! But to know that both of them are ball hawks, I'm, I said it early on in Diggs's uh, tenure when he was like having one and a half picks per game through the first several weeks of the season that he's either going to pick the ball or he's going to give up a touchdown. Now, that comes from pick the ball, give up a touchdown, or let Stefan pick the ball or get blown by. And so it, it'll be interesting to see how much the two of them are able to be on consistently. 
Um, it is absolutely a dangerous combo, and it won't be much going deep on them, Pauls. But like at the end of the day, I hope it doesn't work because of the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on on that tandem in the backfield Man, or in the scary. defensive backfield? Scary. It it um, you know, coordinators look for things like that and different things like that to have liberty to introduce new packages to the different levels of the defense or the offense in this case, you know, um, the defense. So it's like, um, you know, you, you just feel a little bit freer to be able to, um, to, to be able to introduce, like I said, different packages and different ideas, concepts to your defense when you know for sure that, you know, things are held up. You could have different blitz packages and, people pinning their ears back and all of that type of stuff, you know. Yep. I think we just found the uh, the title of this week's episode. Somehow they'll mess it up. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Raymond. But two more teams I want to talk about before we get off of football. As I mentioned, the Atlanta Falcons, they're making moves. As where the Saints got a quarterback. Um, the Falcons have, again, similar to what we're doing, they're building and establishing a squad. Lorenzo Carter traded for John New Smith, re-signed Chris Lindstrom, David Anyamata, Bradley Pinion, safety Jesse Bates, who I think is I'm, – I'm not looking forward to facing that guy. A couple other linemen, Caden Ellis, linebacker. Taylor Heineke, which is a sneaky good pick. He's going to do the same thing that what I believe Andy Dalton will do for whomever it is that we – um, trade. He's going to be good enough to push them if they are the starter to make sure that they are on the edge and always on their toes. But if they are not ready, he's going to be able to step in and put that position to kind of move forward. Taylor Heineke is a dog. I know that you're a fan. Like right, of above, mm-hmm, like right above 500 or something. Right. And and he's so he's got the experience. He's got the snaps. He's got that 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 it that just that heart that dog. And I am really upset that he is now uh, uh, an Atlanta Falcon. Um, they just mm, they are quietly building a squad over there that um, they may have the potential to be good and coming up real soon. Dope Digitals checking in. Um, we still waiting for your hey, grab your popcorn because we still waiting for your email or your um, you know your audio note. But thank you, thank you, Dope Digital for for checking in. Um, yeah, man, but. <laughs> A lot of splash splashes, and the NFL figured out how to stay at the front of the show again this week. (laughs) I think there's a show down there called Carolina Sports Talk. We got to figure out how to keep uh, the headlines going so that we can be the first person, you know, that they talk about. Listen, got to listen. And honestly, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to introduce because I saw Mark uh, put that in there. this is your cousins from Atlanta? Oh no, this is actually my okay. uncle. Okay, yeah, okay, and, okay. Yeah, and he's a, a Cowboys fan. Oh, Cowboys fan. But yeah, I know you had football. And he's saying Heineke will play. Yeah, no, I know that you had some Falcons fans, so I was just gonna say Heineken for TDs. Every mm. TD that Heineken mm. their, their stadium is the cheapest in, in the National Football League for all the concessions. So they probably could get away with it out there. Touchdown, Heineke. Go get your Heineken. <laughs> figure it out. You got to work some things out with that. Last team that we want to talk about, the New York Jets. Um, they There are several reports, and it's pretty much an assumption that Aaron Rodgers to New York is a done deal. He submitted to them 
a wish list, if you would, of players that he would like to play alongside. And for a team that never gave him the weapons, it sure seems like he wants to take a lot of the weapons with him <laughs> over to New York. So uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to hear it, but one of the names that he has requested of his wish list of players to play with and, and alongside is one Mr. Odell Beckham. Now, of course, they've not played together before, but what do you think about Odell Beckham possibly catching passes in New York again, but from another Hall of Fame quarterback in West, one Mr. Aaron Rodgers? Uh, it'll be similar. You know, me being the New Yorker that I am. Yeah, we're going to get to hoops in a second here, though, Digitals. Um, it'll be similar mm-hmm. to uh, Daryl Strawberry playing mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, the Yankees and the Mets, uh, being able to you know, like and then, but he eventually went back to the Yankees as well. But nevertheless, uh, you know, it, it, be, having a chance to play for both franchises in the big city or the big market of New York, and that gives you a chance to atone for anything that you think that that organization did, but you love the city still, or the city still loves you. You know, right. from you being with that organization, but you might have not, you might not have the best rapport or relationship with that organization. But you still have the opportunity now, like, all right, you can stick it to them whenever, you know, if ever. But, you you know, when KD and Kyrie went to Brooklyn, trust me, it was Knicks fans like myself that was salty that Brooklyn was getting those shot. Yeah. So I know how it'll be for a couple of Giants fans out there. I'm excited to see it because, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, y'all beat the – y'all, yeah, no, they got Super Bowls. I don't like it. The Jets have already signed Alan Lazard to a four-year, $44 million deal. <laughs> They are in conversations and uh, trying to work out the compensation, as Aaron Rodgers has said. Mm. Don't expect that, that to be the last former Green Bay receiver and or player that moves on to a different shade of green. I fully expect that the Jets are going to steal everything that they can and everybody they can to be able to make sure that Mr. Aaron Rodgers is happy and that they're able to get that deal done. Ultimately, the NFL, like I said, it, it's it's exciting. I love this time of year. I know you're not one for like. <laughs> I know you're not a but I love it. I love the I love the draft or the combine. And as we get ready to move into these pro days, we're definitely going to keep an eye on with some of the movement. And don't be surprised once again if the Carolina Panthers trade out of the number one pick. Anything on the NFL before we go? Um, no, like you said, to your point, I I I made mention to it on the show. I'm not a fan of the offseason, but they've grabbed my attention, honestly, with, with Like I said, all of the activity going on, they definitely grab my attention. Absolutely. For any of your questions or to be able to get some insight or if you got something specific you want us to talk about, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. So at this point, we're going to transition into the NBA. Bro, what do you think? Let's go ahead and run through some scores real quick for the folks. Yeah, we can go ahead and do that. So these scores are from Wednesday, March the 15th. Uh, We had the Philadelphia 76ers beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 118-109. The Miami Heat over the Memphis Grizzlies 138-119. The Sacramento Kings over the Bulls edged them out 117-114. Shout out to the Kings. Uh, Let's put some respect on Mike Brown's name, Big Cliff. But anyways, we'll get to that later. Uh, The Rockets over the Los Angeles Lakers 114-110. The Celtics beat the Timberwolves barely, 104 to 102. Burley, the Mavericks over 
over the Spurs, 137 to 128. And the Clippers beat the Warriors, 134 to 126. A little bit of action from this evening. Pause. Uh, the Pistons are currently beating the Nuggets, 64 to 58 at halftime. And uh, the Nets are over the Kings right now, 33 to 31 in the second quarter. The Raptors beating the Thunder, 43 to 39. Bucks uh, early in that game, they're over the Pacers, 12 to 5. So uh, as all of that is mentioned, I uh, wanted to bring up to you, uh, there, was a, there was a clip of, trying to think of who it was but they were pleading with John Moran we'll get to some John Moran stuff a little bit later um but they were pleading with him that yo the NBA actually needs you because um <laughs> stay shout out to you Brett he said the NBA needs you because you're the face of the league you're the American face of the league I cannot remember who said this but it it echoed a little bit of what one DJ High Star was talking about, and that, that ushers me into this first conversation about what's going on in the league. The MVP race is tightening up. Okay, we've got three global uh, NBA stars. Uh, let's let's call them out. Embiid, I would say Giannis is is making the race tight as well, and of course Jokic. Um, right now, that's my top three. Uh, I'm going to give the floor to you, Big Cliff. That's all I got right now. I, I don't got nothing fancy to throw it to you, but MVP talk. I honestly, I, I'm locked in with the same three. Um, just off of what they're doing to carry their teams, that their teams are in contention, and each of them have the potential to play deeply into the postseason. LeBron every year, unfortunately, could still be in consideration. I think injuries and inconsistency on his behalf have knocked him out of the contention this year. Steph, a lot of the same. Um, he's just... There's nights where, like, was it last night or the night before, where he seems like he is from, like, Saturn, the way that this dude locks in, and, like, he's shooting the ball literally into Saturn's rings because he is the greatest shooter that the game of basketball has ever seen, period. But then there's other nights where it's like, yo, is Steph Curry playing tonight? Oh, there he is on the court, running around, not shooting. So I think that knocks him out. Those big three, they're definitely locked in. Now, it also mentions, as you talked about a couple of weeks ago, the international perspective. The NBA is in love with what the with, with the status of the game is right now. With those three, along with Luka and so many of the other foreign stars, it gives them the opportunity to expand the game globally, and they literally see dollar signs and dream about like being Scrooge McDuck swimming in the little vault with the money and the gold coins everywhere. So those are my three. If the season ended tomorrow, I would probably give it to um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, myself, probably. Okay, I got a, I got a question that I'm going to answer first, and then you can go ahead and follow up with your answer. Okay, <laughs> you know, unorthodox yes, like first, and then okay, go ahead. Your top three American NBA MVP candidates, and I'm going to go ahead and go with Jason Tatum, uh, okay, Donovan Mitchell, yeah. <laughs> and Damian Lillard. I'm going to take. I'm not taking Dame just because they're okay. Team. But mm, I just had one, but go ahead, go ahead. Because we go ahead. Who? Go ahead. No, no, well, first uh, of all, I want to say that y'all know that this is interactive because we're live again from Facebook and YouTube. So feel free to drop in y'all. Um, right in no disrespect to the global stars because we that's already a lock in. So y'all American choices, but I, I want to hear yours big clip before before they start rolling in. 
So I'm going to go with Jason Tatum, even though he plays in Boston. You better answer quickly, too. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm going to say Ja Morant, even with the suspension, because at the end of the day, we see who that team is with him, and we've now seen who that team is without him. And if I had to give another one, Kyrie Irving. Uh, okay. Honorable mention. That's you my dog. Me, I like it. All right, yo, put your face down. So look, y'all. Um, <laughs> yo, so um, yeah, like I said, y'all were more than welcome to drop some of y'all's in in the comments. I was gonna, I'm gonna ask you, are these players ready? And I'm gonna say the the name. You just telling me yes or no if they're ready. All right. Ready to be like John Morant went Kojic. We're gonna talk about that, y'all. We're gonna talk about that. We come, we come, we get, yeah, we got you. We <laughs> so look, I'm gonna give y'all names. Y'all tell me yes or no. In the comments, y'all can put the, the name of the player and just put yes or no. But um, if if they're worthy to be in the conversation, Anthony Edwards. No. De'Aaron Fox. Not yet. Yo, yes or no? <laughs> Not yet, because if if you're asking me today, no. Right. But the same way that I talked about Ja a couple of years ago, I see the dog in him, I, and I see where he's got that potential. He needs to lock in on the leadership component a little bit more for me to be able to say that he's the most valuable. He is incredibly valuable to his squad, but not yet. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So. It, like I said, worthy enough to be in these conversations. Um, yeah, JT. Okay, uh, Jalen Brown. No, he's not even the most valuable on his own team. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Now, I feel like he's like a another Harden type position where he's capable of leading his own team. And if he goes to another team, he'll probably be the leading scorer, leading assister, and they won't win no championship, but he'll still, you know, make some more money and be a bigger, higher name profile player. But he's not an MVP candidate to me, no. I've got somebody else that's not even that on MVP or the best on their team, but I'm going to still say their name. Okay. Devin Booker. Who's better than Devin Booker on the Suns? Never mind. Well, that's playing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to bring up Paul George as well, BJ. Um, I was going to bring up Paul George and ask y'all as well. But yeah, no, Devin Booker, MVP worthy to be in the conversation. Yes, he's okay. in the conversation. Will he win? No. Is he worthy of being in the conversation? Yes. Paul because George. Oh, my fault. My fault to cut you off. Go ahead and land that, please. Nah, he's, uh, he's, he's a bucket. And if y'all, I'm, I hear y'all with that, Paul George. This sellout <laughs> trader dude will never get any love for me. To have toyed with Lakers fans and Lakers brass emotion in the way that he did for as long as he did, and then to lie in OKC, and then, yeah, nah, this dude, boo, boo. Boo. He's in the top five. I don't like you players. Him, uh, he's, he's sitting behind LeBron. No, boo. All right. So let's let's take a trip out west real quick while we're talking about NBA. And before we get to your Lakers out there in La La Land, I want to talk about the state of things in the Bay, up there at Golden State. Recently, Draymond Green was suspended one game after his 16 technical. Um, it was mentioned earlier about the Warriors' road woes. <laughs> you see, I got that off. But, really? yeah, um, ex- exactly what Mark mentioned earlier. Um, what do you feel like, uh, and I think they may be fifth 
or sixth. So they were surging, then they kind of they they like flattened out a little bit around fifth or sixth, and now they you know are kind of going back and forth with some wins. Uh, you know, we, like we say, Steph is playing very well uh, right now, but the team itself is not consistent. What do you think about Golden State and the state of Golden State? <laughs> 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 now nah, you got that. I was only that's what I have. You're in the thumb, thump, but not the thumb. Um, they cannot play defense when they need to, and I don't know if it's so much of a cannot or just choose not to. Don't want to. I think that they are in similar area that they were when they were in their heyday when they felt like, hey, any point we need to, we can go and cut it on and win the games that we have to. Um, yeah. We're just trying to get to the end of get to the postseason. Sitting comfortably, I can't even say comfortably, but sitting at the sixth seed right now, they're absolutely in the thick of it. With the way that there is such a log jam of like, there's maybe three teams at the top that are just the best in the West, and then three teams in the and and at the bottom who are just like, yeah, y'all are trash, and then ten right in the middle that are just like, oh, well, not ten, but nine right in the middle. It's just like, I might. We might not it just really depends on the night. And so I think Golden State is the epitome of that attitude and that they don't and or won't play defense when it's necessary. They cannot win on the road, which will definitely come to haunt them in the playoffs. Although, yes, offensively, again, they will be able to shine if Clay Thompson plays like how he played the other night and they are able to get Steph Curry in. Nobody else has to do pretty much anything, even though they still have the pools of the world. They still got a lot of other talented players. If those two play at their high level, I think in the postseason, they'll be okay. But their biggest problem now is that inconsistency and lack of playing defense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with a lot of your points. I think I saw uh, um, the Golden State would be fine and they'll show up in the playoffs. And Draymond Green, by the way, I'll take this time real quick. Um I, I had the call like it is like it is. Uh, Dre, I, I love for you, bro. You know, um, in the summer times, I used to get real dark and stuff because the sun used to visit Charleston and stuff, right? So I got uh, not even I got teased, but I just know the dynamic of you know what I'm saying. But never, nevertheless, I digress. Dre, you have to stay consistent on your show, my boy. You know, uh, on his he he does he pulls some knucklehead stuff that he does the other week with with Jordan Poole and stuff like that, and then you don't address it. Granted, it's your show, so you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Then you address the Dylan Brooks thing and use your platform to do that. But bro, I mean, you 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 preach about you know objectivity and the the new media and and not you know you know calling it how it is and stuff like that. So, anyways, I, I was very perturbed because I was looking for some kind of soundbite from him explaining. Or talking about that situation, or or you know, some whenever whenever he talks about Golden State Wolves, he'll he'll just this um he'll kind of downplay it and say we just can't win on the road, we can't win on the road, you know, and whatever that is, he got to finish chewing whatever. Never mind, but that that that's what I feel about him. <clears throat> but like you stated, so the Warriors. Back to your statement. I'm sorry. The the Golden State will be fine statement. Um, I, I agree. They wait. There's a team that waits for those are the teams that wait for certain months to turn it on. But that habit and, and habitual mistakes and errors breeds, um, you know, breeds what you what you're going to do and like what you're going to do by nature. So when Russell Westbrook last season, I believe it was at the preseason, he was doing whatever he was doing. And he went to the reporters 
again, and this is you and Ashton. Y'all never was in love with the Russell Westbrook acquisition. However, when he was doing whatever he was doing, the reporter asked him about the turnovers and stuff. He said, man, it's the preseason, man. What are you talking about? It's the preseason. Mm -hmm. And I brought that up to you because I think on the show, like I said, you weren't a fan of the acquisition, but on the show, you kind of downplayed it as well as a Laker fan. And I brought it up to you like, all right, but the regular season, it's going to, you know, breed what the habitual nature of what you've been doing. So that's what I'm scared of because Golden State has been playing so sloppy and they found themselves in fifth place or sixth place by like just because of who they are and stuff like that and the, the star power that they have on their team. I, I'm not a fan of the, oh, they'll cut it on. And I, and I don't believe any of us are sleeping on Golden State, but there's also that little eyebrow of, hmm, okay, let's keep an eye on this. Just because at some point you absolutely want to see them do that. We've all heard the old adage that practice makes perfect. Practice makes permanent. When you get into the habits of old and bad and or negative tendencies, it's harder to shake. Now, granted, these are a collection of some of the greatest. I would say I would venture to say that they have two of the top 15 shooters of all time on their squad, which is a huge, huge, huge thing to say. And yes, they can. Jordan Poole can get active and get busy at any point. Draymond might even dig deep in the, in the, uh, in the tank, finish chewing to be able to find something, you know what I'm saying, to pull and get you a game out there. So, and so the championship pedigree and experience they have is nothing to sneeze at. We acknowledge it. However, the West is stacked. If As we take a look at the standings, one through 10 right now, because we know 10 is that magic number. The Nuggets, one, Kings, two, followed by the Grizzlies, Suns, Clippers, Warriors, the Timberwolves, the Mavericks, the Thunder, and then in the 10th spot, my Los Angeles Lakers. So real quickly, Which, I'm sorry. Before we before you transition into that, consistent consistency and continuity matters. Absolutely, without doubt. So that's the biggest thing about that scares me about their road record mm-hmm. and what they again the the inconsistent play, especially with the the, the broadcast of games, you know, because they're on TV every other night. And so that's the thing. Yep. We talked about the Kings and how they've they're a second seed. This feels like Mike Brown's MO. Even in his earlier days with coaching LeBron, he has uh, an amazing regular season. They make some noise in the postseason, but not quite able. And I very much see uh-huh. put some respect on his name, man. I'm sorry. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to eliminate the Hans and I'm gonna try to stop cutting you off, but put some respect on Mike Brown, man. Because you I, ain't I, like it when he was in Laker Land. I didn't. At all. <laughs> Whatsoever. 41 and 27 speaks for itself, and he has earned the respect and consideration to be coach of the year, uh, quite honestly. Regular season is cool. I talked about it in the NFL season with the Minnesota Vikings. They had a tremendous regular season. Their quarterback was a regular season quarterback. I acknowledged what they're doing in the regular season. However, championships are one win. In postseason and playoff basketball, Mike Brown ain't doing no nothing. He's not making no noise in the West with the Kings, with the Sacramento Kings in the playoffs. It's playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs, bro? He can enjoy that second seed. And if the if the if it ended today, Lakers Thunder in the nine and ten, I would take probably the Lakers and the Mavericks to come out. And so that would have the Lakers as the eight seed and the. And the Mavs as the six seed, the Kings versus the Mavs. 
That's a lot. Kyrie's going to cook them. Are you sick? Man, I'm not worried about them, bro. Shout out to him and a great. May I have your attention, please? Great regular season, Mike Brown. Congratulations, sir. You're emotional, y'all. Great. Congratulations. We'll holla at you uh, after the postseason is done when all the rest of the teams just playing is done playing and doing what they're doing because this regular season thing going to mean nothing to me. All right. So while we stay, let's stay in California for a second. Let's let's talk about your Lakers, man. Do we have to? I don't know. <laughs> we really don't. <laughs> we do. So <sighs> my boy Brandon came through. The West All about matches. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's the thing. The style of and the brand of play that the Kings play, they ain't a matchup night for nightmare for nobody. Like nobody was worried about the Kings. Like they they okay, they winning. Cool story, bro. Like, anyhow, back to the Lakers, who also probably won't win anything. The Lakers had the potential with the remainder of the season to climb as high as the fifth seed. Equally as much, I believe they have the potential to miss the whole show. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. And the thing that is the most scary about this franchise is I don't know that they know which direction they're headed in because there's some nights that they get out there and we know that LeBron's not playing. We know that Mr. Glass has hurt every other week. Shout out to Anthony Davis and Mr. Glass part two, who twists his ankle street clothes. Listen, street clothes, KD, but 80 is not going to be enough to carry the squad into substantial postseason play. As much as I hate on LeBron James and y'all know, I don't like that guy. Having him at a high level is important for the franchise to be able to be successful. And I do not know that he's going to be able to do that with the remainder of the season as necessary and to hopefully climb out of the playing game and to make some noise into the playoffs. I would love to see the Los Angeles Lakers flip the switch and push forward and make a run in the NBA playoffs. I just don't know that they can at this point. They have the talent. They have the potential, but similar to how Golden State hasn't flipped that switch in times, there is no reason that the Los Angeles Lakers should have lost last night to one of the bottom teams in the, not one of, to the bottom team in the Western Conference with a record of 17 and 52. But last night, the Rockets up and down looked like a better, hungrier team. You would think that the, the energy and the level that the Rockets were playing with would have had you just switched the jerseys, you would have felt, oh no, that's the Lakers. They they know they could they could be as high as the four seed if they win tonight. But they didn't, and now we're one game under 500. I honestly believe I said it a couple of weeks ago, oh, it's too a little too late. And they keep wanting to like give you that hope. We've we're five and four in our last nine games. It's like, yeah, we right here though. But we were we, we, we the Los Angeles Lakers. Matter of fact, let's go and hit them with a hot take, bro. That's probably a warm take at this point, but it's hot. The Los Angeles Lakers will miss the NBA playoffs. You heard it here first, folks. That was breaks my heart, but it is also <laughs> what do you say. That's more like a room temperature take. <laughs> yeah. Nice little balmy seventy-two, but no. It will also, however, be the first step necessary to move into my other hot takes from a couple of weeks ago that the Los Angeles Lakers will trade Anthony Davis and LeBron James this offseason. Just period. I'm, I'm, I'm holding steady and I'm rocking tight with it, bro. That, yeah, they got on up out of here, bro. 
What are your thoughts on the Lakers, if any? Because I, I can only imagine what this is going to be like. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing to imagine, bro. I don't care. We don't care. We don't care. Nah, man, I, I mean, like you said, uh, if they do fight and scrap to get into a play-in, they're going to um, be exhausted. <laughs> physically fatigued, like physically to be mm-hmm. able to outlast uh, a full playoff season. As, as, I mean, a whole playoff run. As we do talk uh, about the inconsistency in Golden State and stuff, like the organization knows kind of that they got to preserve certain players and stuff like that. Yeah, and the Lakers try to do that as best they can, but uh, durability matters uh, and, and experience matters as well. I just, yeah, if they made it, it's not a far trip for them. I, you know, uh, it'll be a great soundbite for me to be making for a cold take, you know, in a couple months. But, uh, you know, well, if how it, wrong I was. The Los Angeles Lakers make the playing game or, or make the playoffs, period. They're not going to go far. And I don't think that that's too far fetched. Uh, granted, I don't want to see somebody like LeBron, a person like that, for a full series. But I mean, who would to like you said, it, it, it would take a Herculean effort, but who would want to see them in, in, in the playoffs like that, man? It's it's like one of those teams that's built to go out in like the semis or uh, maybe even the con- it's, it's very doubtful that I see the conference finals with how stacked the West is. But some, a team that will uh, beat a team in the first round, but then somebody like LeBron just doesn't have it enough to keep pulling, you know, off. Uh, wins and stuff like that right and runs out of gas and uh, and ultimately i think that's what they're destined to do is is hit that point where they'll run out of gas and so um we'll we'll just have to keep watch the season is dwindling down there's not a whole bunch of games left um it's anybody's right anybody's right now if we take a quick look at the standings over in the eastern conference bucks at one currently celtics at two 76ers at three the cavaliers who we called at the early of the season there at the four you guys the knicks at the fifth seed with a record of 41 and 30 nets heat hawks raptors rounding off the top 10 the wizards in the 10th slot in the play-in man bulls and hornets man my biggest disappointments of the year man i thought both of those guys were gonna make some noise but wasn't so yeah um Shout out to the Ball Brothers, I guess. So I, I see that's another reason we, why you wouldn't have Lavar as your father. Call back, oh. <laughs> but um, no. Uh, speaking of the Hornets, uh, is reported that Jordan's looking to sell his stake in in the team. Um, so he's clearly not uh, pleased with the I'm direction that the team's going. Well, yeah, my shoe money, um, I'm good. <laughs> but shout out to my Knicks, holding strong, holding fast. Uh, I'm not expecting too much from them. I know that we'll, you know, do some things, maybe win a game or two in the postseason and, you know, it, it make it look swaggy. New York end up having a little anthem or one of their drill rappers make a song about the Knicks and it be real catchy. Less than Linsanity. Less than Linsanity. But, it, you know, and it'll be almost on that level when Julius Randle and uh, when Julius Randle took us to the playoffs a couple of years back. Uh, mm. You know, something light like that. It's not no Carmelo run and none of that, but it'll be something to kind of set a standard, you know, with, with Brunson and stuff like, yo, nah, we looking to make that's 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 the least that we looking to do every year. Like, don't take this as a as a celebration, y'all. 
you're looking to come back next year and you know and do what we got to do do i see them doing anything this year nah like you as you mentioned the click well i'm gonna let you go real quick but the teams that scare me the most uh cleveland of course boston of course and minnesota philly is dangerous and super dangerous of course with their lineup but um it just seems with philly it's always a ego thing Absolutely. I mean, it's always a big man in the land that got to be here. And the, the one that it's that granted you MVP candidate, but you're the common denominator of any of like, you know, static out there. I know I will never believe in Philly because like you said, between the attitudes, between the personalities, it just feels like they ain't never going to be it. And as much as even though I've been tabloid team. Built for the headlines, built to win some regular seasons, be flashy, make the money, but not actually be substantial. Because you can start to hack a shack with Embiid, and now what? Because, I mean, Harden's not who he used to be. And I know somebody asked earlier, do you consider him to be an MVP candidate? And I don't, because, again, one, he's not the best player on his team, let alone an MVP of the league. And he misses it's something about the postseason. When most players wake up, like up until past this past year, there were even some who had some doubts about um, about Steph and his playoff closing ability because he missed and didn't take so many big shots. Last year, his defense stepped up. His clutch shots stepped up. And so he at least kind of closed the door a little bit, if not slammed it shut with regards to his postseason clutchness. But Harden... Invisible just becomes invisible in the postseason for whatever reason. So I do not have any faith in the 76ers at all. With uh James Harden, his apex that he reached with his MVP seasons and stuff like that, he had discovered that he um could get 12 to 15 points every night from the free throw line. When the and then to y'all point though, to your point and Mark's point, he's he's he has not been proven in the playoffs. He hadn't delivered when, again, when he was at his apex, the one or two years where he was one of the most dangerous players and dangerous lefties in the league. He still couldn't, you know, will his teams, um, whether it was the Rockets or whoever it was, to deep, deep runs in the playoffs. Um, but outside of so, outside of his apex being then in the MVP seasons, then the rules changed and he had to readjust. Back to the rules Absolutely. being changed because majority, again, from of his points, of the stats that he was filling up was coming from the free throw line. And then mm -hmm. he had to readjust. Um, he's, of course, kind of popularized and introduced that whole step back culture that when I was coming up, listen, we stopping ball and I'm getting that because that's a walk. When I was coming up, I'm just I might be showing my age. <laughs> come up with stuff. Yeah. Now, granted, the Euro step was like, all right, I could see where y'all coming from. It's a diff, it's a change of tempo, change of pace. All right, boom, boom. Okay. Change it's of clear. direction, right. but it's still two steps toward the basket. Boom, when y'all started doing the step back and confusing jump, things, jump, yeah, jump, no, jump. it is yes. So, <laughs> Out there so doing the all that being said, he and then on top of that, him being a, a partier or whatever like that, because you got your mama mentalities, then you got your Dennis Rodman's of the world. So um, with him being a shout out Jonathan Majors, but with him being a partier, um, it didn't help, right? So you playing with your weight all of the time. Same thing we talking about with Zeke, and it's like mm -hmm. when you want to get in shape, you can't just turn that back on that because everybody else is world class athletes. 
So you're not blowing past everybody again. And now exactly. that they're not calling the foul, you're not getting that call. Now it's a turnover. You know, it's 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 just downhill downhill trend for him quickly because of you know the way that the game changed and then how he reacted to the way that the game changed. I ain't never been a fan of his uh, ever since his Houston days. Ever since, his, well, I almost could tolerate him in his OKC days. Um, but, yeah, past that, not a fan. So mm-hmm. definitely want to keep our eyes on the NBA as we move forward. But, bro, that is not all the basketball that is going on right now. And for whatever reason, this is the song that forever is just synonymous with college basketball for me. I don't know why. It must have been on a commercial or something coming up. But every time I hear this, I think about college ball and the Final Four, March Madness. We are thoroughly immersed into the tournament play currently uh, with several teams already underway in their matchups, including the College of Charleston falling in their opening round uh, to the fifth-seeded San Diego State. Um, shout out, first of all, to them. I see I almost hit the crickets, but I'm not going to do that to the, to the College of Charleston. They, they dominated most of the season throughout their play, including winning their conference, and I expected them to make a little bit of a deep run, but San Diego State had a little something different to do with it. So, um, already uh, won so far. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please, please. I'm sorry. Out of the round of 64 teams that have already won number one seed in the South Alabama, going on to their next round matchup against Maryland, who took care of business against West Virginia. As previously mentioned, College of Charleston falling to San Diego State. Big surprise out of the upstate, Furman University handling the number four Virginia Cavaliers. Final score, 68-67. Furman takes on San Diego State in the second round. Shout out to the Carolinas doing their thing. Also representing the Carolinas, NC State has a matchup tomorrow at four versus Creighton. Uh, Baylor against UCSB. I'm not going to read all of those, but another one that's already taking place, Princeton knocking off the number two-seeded Arizona uh, and Missouri taking care of Utah State. So just in the South bracket alone, bro, uh, uh, outside of the Furman bracket, I mean, uh, Furman win, I'm sure destroyed a whole bunch of people's brackets, man. What's what's your, I guess, biggest surprise so far or biggest takeaway from any of the NCAA games uh, that have taken place so far today? Well, shout out to the Purple Paladins or Paladins of Furman University and rest mm-hmm. in peace forever, Coach John Bagwell. Uh, my football head coach before Coach LaPrade got there, and he was a product of Furman. So I'm uh been been always been familiar with Furman. And I'm glad to see glad to see uh, what they were able to do as far as busting up some brackets, because uh, as he stated, this team down in Charleston, College of Charleston, uh, mm-hmm. they represented the Carolinas, and they're not in the tournament anymore and many would say dj high what are you talking about like they represented the carolinas yeah yeah they did yeah 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 but you're saying that with finality like that's the only team that represented the carolinas well 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 yeah there's the teams that they cliff read off but i'd be remiss i don't i don't have any sad music i really don't want any sad music right now that's my team y'all that's my team um and what am i talking about the, How do I... the University of North Carolina, uh, Tar Heels, 
began the season, a preseason ranked number one. Mm. And not only did we miss the big dance, y'all, but Hubert Davis was like, nah, we ain't even going to play in the NIT. We good. <laughs> <laughs> no more games for my team. How about that? So, uh, yeah, I that's where I'm at with everything. If you want to ask me about the big dance and, and you, you asking me if I'm grumpy, you're darn right I am. Okay, so don't – I don't want to ruin the show. Okay, <laughs> continue talking about the big dance, brother. And any Duke fans that's in the comments, I'm watching the comments closely. Oh, listen, I'm blocking them. I'm not. <laughs> I saw a meme, though. I got, I got, I got to, got to give it up, bro. I saw one of the funnier memes that said, UNC, you not coming to the NCAA tournament. And that was funny to me, man. I, I, I am disappointed to, it wasn't funny to you. <laughs> What's up, Cornelius? Shout out to Deke. What's good, bro? Uh, so, like, I, I uh, this was one of the more disappointing seasons um, in Tar Heel basketball. It, it is what it is. And worse and worse and worse. It kept getting bad. Like, I don't know what happened with Hubie. If it was like, yo, all that magic from 23, let me just go ahead and get all that in 22. Go ahead and make it to the championship real quick so I can get this extra money. I know money. what it was. I know uh -oh. what it was. I'm, I'm almost afraid to ask, but... Uh, let me go ahead and queue up some things real quick. Go ahead. What was it, DJ High Star? Now you got to say it now. We done made this big. <laughs> right. I got two phrases to say to y'all. If it goes over your head, oh well. But happy spouse, happy house, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not touching it, bro. I'm leaving it where it is, man. Uh, as we go back to, like, no, first of all, I do want to, I'm not going to be the complete hater that I want to be. Um, I will acknowledge uh, all of the Carolina teams that are still uh, alive in the NCAA tournament. We've already talked a little bit about College of Charleston falling, Furman succeeding, NC State again playing uh, on tomorrow. We also have over in the Midwest, there are no Carolina teams in the Midwest, but in the East, we do have Duke taking care of uh, business against the number 12 or Roberts team currently on CBS with four minutes left in the second half. They are taking care of business again, 67-45. We've also got UNC, no, yeah, UNC Asheville, who are the 15 seeds taking on UCLA tomorrow night, oh, tonight at 10.05. And we wish them well as well. So we want to definitely see all of our Carolina teams make some noise. Shout out to all those that were able to make it once again uh, to the big dance. Uh, Y'all can go ahead and enjoy it this year because next year, Tar Heels coming back, baby. We coming back, baby. Let's get it. <laughs> uh, I also want to make note really quickly of the women's tournament that begins starting on tomorrow with the number one overall seed as well as the number one seed uh, in their region, the South Carolina Women's Gamecocks who have had just a tremendous season. Shout out to all that Coach Don Staley has done in transforming that powerhouse into that program into a powerhouse and a perennial power. They'll be taking on the number 16 Norfolk State team. I do not think that there's much to say about that. I don't see any upsets there. I also don't see anybody doing anything with them. The Notre Dame, Notre Dame team. Notre Dame, see? 
The Notre Dame guys don't like that. Straight on that. Listen, he didn't. <laughs> now, nah, but the Notre Dame team possibly as a three seed could maybe, but um, nah, I don't really don't see them having any problems until the final four, maybe against like a Stanford or something. But um, shout out to the women, Gabe Cox, and all the other Carolina teams that are playing in the women's side as well. In addition to South Carolina, I do see uh, North Carolina State that's out there, Gardner Webb that's participating. Uh, shout out to the Tar Heel, the Lady Tar Heels, who will be a sixth seed playing on the 18th. Uh, and also, I know that it was one more. East Carolina also represented down in the Seattle region. So, again, shout out to all our Carolina teams that have made it to men and women's play in the postseason as Absolutely. we move forward. Absolutely. Look, this show is, uh, you know, chock full of great content for everybody out there, right? And I know we're kind of about to enter into that that hockey third period, if you will, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. when we get to uh, when we get to big deal, no thing. I have an impromptu one for you. Okay, but matter of fact, we here now. Y'all know what it is. It's time for big deal, no thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. You know the segment we give you headlines in sports and tell you if it's a big deal. Or no thing. Matter of fact, go ahead and kick us off with it, man. What's, what's your yeah, sure. And before I do that, I want to say real quick, man, because the way that the show has been growing, I'm real proud of it and stuff. And I think back to when we first recorded that, that would have been awesome for me to be able to say, that, you know, <laughs> nah, that ain't nothing. But I was being too cool at the time. If you would have asked me, I would have been like, nah, bro, get that mic out of my face. You know nah, I'm good, bro. Now you exactly. got that. I don't have All one right. way, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. But go ahead. Uh, I'm not nice as you as far as preparing it and everything like that. So you might might need the assist, brother. But anyways, Kevin Durant re-injured or injures his ankle during a warm-up or a layup line vibe situation. Big mm-hmm. deal or no thing? Hmm. Well, I, that, that seems like a million years ago, but I guess we haven't talked about it yet. <sighs> I'm going big deal. That's a big deal. What you say? Big deal. That's a mm. big deal. All right. So I say it's a big deal because, as I alluded to earlier, he's Mr. Glass Jr. Bro, it was a warm-up line, bro. Yeah, low tap, low top, high top, wannabe, mid. I don't know what kind of sneakers he was. Katie's. He, I, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it, but in the warm-up line in his first ever game in Phoenix, fans are excited to see him. And what does he do? <laughs> Rolls his ankle, ankle. <laughs> like a high sprain, it looked like. And it, oh man, it was just, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Because uh, you, <laughs> the way that you set the, t- the set the picture, and now that I'm thinking about it, it's like, yeah, fans was souped. Probably had some people from my job out there after mm-hmm. I just seen him here, Charlotte. Yo, we get to see him, man. It's his first game here, man. Katie's gonna ball out. We're going to the championship, man. He is so fragile. I just like, and you know what? And I got, I got to take one second to pause before we continue on, bro, to give a happy belated birthday to the homie. You know what I mean? If I can get my stuff to play right. And happy birthday to him. Her. I don't care. Good luck. Shout out to Ayo Liz. Happy belated birthday, Shotty. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, I think we have a whole swag pack for you. But nevertheless, listen. Um, <laughs> um, whenever it come to KD, though, um, what it's just yeah, man. like the the injury itself, though. Yeah, that whole that that oh yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's what I'm 
exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Anyways, me up, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we'll still get you a gift pack thing. But that's why, yeah, you had me prepared. So go ahead. <laughs> with everything with the KD injury, though, it is a bad thing for the Suns because, you know, they the plans that they had. Uh, whenever he was here in Charlotte, Ashton and myself, we was we had our uh, cameras and everything up because we was like, yo, we just don't know. You know, we don't know if this is going to be his last run up there or whatever like that. Mm. Yeah. So that that's the thing about KD is like. And then somebody else, I think, from the Warriors has something. Uh, somebody else from the Warriors has something similar happen, though, Um, you know, with that with that type of injury or whatever like that with the ankle or whatnot. So I saw it on KD's uh, uh, podcast or something that KD was doing. Where they mentioned to him, like he hasn't, he counts, like he's a 13 time all star. He counts his last two or three, even though he has not been available to play in the last two or three all star games due to injury. It's crazy. How right? you, that's like being the backup quarterback of a Super Bowl winning team and saying, but I got a ring though. I mean, technically, yeah, you, it's yours. I don't want it if I ain't earning. Yeah, I, if it's an accolade, if it's a recognition, if it's an honor, I'm like they can strip records from the history book. If you've been caught doping up, bro, you sit on the bench. You was riding the pine. You didn't play in the game. Why would you want to like consider that? But no, it, it's a big deal to me because he's absolutely Mr. Glass Jr. Him and AD, KD and AD, the Glass Brothers reunited right. at some point. Yeah, the Glass the Brothers and you got the Glass Brothers. Ooh. Ah, yeah, man. <laughs> Yeah, give me a round of applause next time, too. I don't know how like the studio laughed with that one. I don't know if they were laughing at me or with me. <laughs> yes, but go ahead on to our next big deal. No thing. Uh, John Morant offers his apology for his actions. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Mm. Nah, that ain't no thing. I'm going the other way. That's a big deal. Why you say? I'm going to give some context. Sure, go for it. Oh, I was going to say, uh, Jalen Rose recently um, sat down with John Morant. Uh, it might have been, what, maybe a 20-minute interview, 25-minute mm-hmm. interview. Mm-hmm. Um, John definitely expressed contrition during the interview. Um, he showed humility and um, overall said all of the right things that you would want to hear. Um, but, yeah, so... That's the setting for it. And why do you say it's a big deal, Big Cliff? You see how I threw it back to you? <laughs> yeah, man. Because I'm tired of going first now. Go ahead. You actually didn't go first. But now I, know. I say it's a big deal because he's showing that although he there is no part of me that feels like he meant anything that he relax, said. Relax, relax, stop. That was the most inauthentic, cap worthy. Fake and phony, and the Oscar goes to admittance of guilt that I have ever, ever heard, bro. Like, like he, oh my god! For yes, we are absolutely. A.O. Liz is correct. Absolutely, I don't think anybody's arguing that we need to forgive him because at the end of the day, that's Ja. He's a Carolina kid. We was rocking with him even if he had the power. Right, right. We rooting for him. Like, yeah, but like you also said. He can't mess up again. And he's like, 
my fault it's to, to introduce you. Huh? No, I'm he's saying I didn't even want to inter interfere with your diatribe, but I was going to say he's a likable kid because his face is childlike. Like, it's not like, yo, oh, no, nah, here come John. You know, it's not like, oh, man. Just, with his mustache. Just up, he's, yeah, little whisker mustache. Yes, but go ahead, like, bro. Because we're like if he like, pulled out a squirt gun at you, you'd be like, oh, John, keep still, bro. I got you back. Like, like that's what John looked like to you. <laughs> I, I'm, he's like, yes, no. So I, 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 I like John as a player. Don't nobody believe what he said. You doing what them boys told you to do? What your public, like public, uh, specially? What am I trying to say here? Help me out. With what your publication team? Why is it a big deal? Team? That's the word. It's a big deal. Let me get there. Let me land the ship. He's doing exactly what they're telling him to do. It's a big deal, though. Because if he was who they said he was, he wouldn't be willing to do it. As fake as it was, as much as don't nobody really believe he did it, that he meant it, he did it. Which shows, hey, I'm listening. I have at least the maturity level to say, I realize that this is a necessary step to get to where I want to be. I ain't trying to mess up this bag. Like, I'm out here having fun and y'all can hate and all that. I'm having fun, but... When it starts jeopardizing my money, eight game suspension for brandishing a firearm in his uh, in that video. They considered it and classified it as uh, what did it say? He was getting the game suspensions for uh, conduct detrimental to the league. That's how they were able to um, put it under the umbrella of. But his willingness to accept guilt and saying I was wrong for my actions, it wasn't my gun. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Yo, land your ship because land your ship. Because that's what I said, y'all. Land your ship. Land your friendship, your scholarship. All the hey, ships in the world. But <laughs> land it because you take it all. You got me flustered over here, Big Cliff. You didn't want to go I first. Ship, <laughs> I said, <laughs> did you, did yeah, you you're right. Yeah. You're right. I did tell you to go first. But dang, oh, man, go ahead. All that being hey. said, he, he did, it's a big deal because he's at least taking the responsibility to own up and want to be more than what he's perceived to be why do you say that it's no thing <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i don't even i like for all of those points that you pointed out it is a big deal but i just wanted to say no thing honestly but no um yeah like so i don't know where to start at where i want to start at really quickly is Stephen a steven a he made a response to the jalen rose interview um it was elocuted well, of course, Stephen A. They gave great um, reaction and commentary to it. But toward the end, he did something that's a pet peeve of mine, where he said, had Josh said this, then we wouldn't have anything to say today or whatever. And he, he, he gave a narrative to this 23-year-old. I'm going somewhere with that part, too. Stay with me on that. Um, so, so that was Stephen A.'s response. I was more aligned and in concert with Michael Wilbon's response. Okay. Called out the nonsense for what it was, right? At the same time, of course, as we all have, acknowledging Jaws' contrition, acknowledging that he's been humbled and that he's showing humility, but calling out, to your point, the PR-ready statement um, and reaction, I mean, you know, interview that he gave as far as the answers that he gave. They continue to say, you know, I'm here for Josh, spoke about himself in the third person, but it's not 
when you normally think about people speaking about themselves in a third person, it's normally a selfish way. And yeah, it could be a healthy, selfish, but it's also when you're to that level, when you're talking about a quarter of a billion dollars over the next five years, and that's only that's not touching any endorsement deals. Then exactly. you, when you talk about yourself in a third person, at that point, you're talking about a brand, you're talking about uh, an enterprise, you're talking about a company, you're talking about a business. So in that sense, when he says, I have to worry about Ja, I have to continue to think about Ja, that's how I framed it and, and took, took what, what I took away from that interview. However, <clears throat> again, it's uh, PR laden. And it the reason that I don't, I guess, indict him on or, or taking the task on, yo, that was phony and this and that is because he's 23 years old. He reminds me in, in the sense of handling the media, he reminds me of Derrick Rose to where, mm-hmm. to where I see Derrick Rose now and see what he's become after his time in the league. He also, even somebody like a Chris Middleton, somebody that I'm familiar with personally and that we know from the Charleston area, Chris uh, groomed himself to be in front of that camera. AJ Green, Carlos Dunlap. AJ Green's had a camera in front of his face his you know whole career. Same, same thing with Carlos since high school. So they've they've been bred and 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 you know taught. But that fame has come from him out of nowhere. Murray State, general obscurity, your high school and something, Murray State. And then Splash, rookie of the year, most improved player, leader, leading your team to number two, big money talks on the line every day. So you thinking that everything is you know the 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 well is never going to stop the fountain is never going to stop if you're him so there's there's plenty of um examples that we've seen prior to him but i don't know outside of ai who we've seen that dynamic that impactful on the court um to to what he's doing off the court and it's like um if imagine him taking a kobe type of route a Jason Tatum type of route, mm-hmm. a, a type of route where I'm just all basketball all the time, you know, um, and I don't want to take anything away from him because he probably works very, very hard on his on his body and probably works on everything. But to get to that next, next level, to, to have longevity, the thing about the, the Grizzlies, and I'm sorry to be long winded in this, but the thing about the Grizzlies is um, the one thing people knock them for is, is their, their bravado. They stick their chest out. Um, Dope Digital said it earlier about Dylan Brooks, but they've got this, they, they got this attitude that you kind of that's necessary, that you need as a team, but the some of their talk hasn't met with their accolades. And and that's what the things that Draymond gets to. That's the things that all the commentators say is that they're they're yes, you don't call yourself a dynasty because guess what? We've seen the Suns when they've been very good, and it's Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire. Mm-hmm. Do we still talk about them just with the greats of the 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 pantheons of teams and dynasties that we actually talk about? They were a great team. Sacramento Kings had solid teams and stuff like that when they would have to play against Kobe and y'all boys. Do we talk about them all the time like that? Like, no, we don't. So there's great teams that can make it to that level. But to truly get to that next level, it takes self-sacrifice. And you really got to put some of that stuff to, like, it. it's great that physically you can drink a whole thing of Casamigos and get up in the morning and probably run three miles and, and, and still put up 30 points and stuff like that. But where would, where would you be at, you know, if you weren't doing, like I said, if you were a little bit more disciplined? Absolutely. And I agree. We, we, we've talked about it, and I'm not going to just go deep into it again. 
there are things and distractions that are there and, and persist with Ja and his game at this point. He will not be young and athletic forever. Kobe Bryant went through it. LeBron James is going through it. Michael Jordan went through it. All of the greats realize that at some point your game has to transition. You're not going to be able to jump over people and to be the just the athletic freak that you are currently. At what point does the work then implement itself and take over? I still sit by what I say with it being a big deal and believe that at this point, he has taken a step into the right direction that can allow him to be that high-level superstar, not just a star because he's already that, but to be that transcendent superstar that he has the capability and the potential to be, he's taken his first step towards that with this contrition, and, and I look forward to seeing some great things from the young man. I think uh, A-Liz put it perfectly, Thompson. and I could hear it in a, in a motherly voice. He better not mess up again. <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah. She's definitely right about that. I mean, and, and the, the grace that the whole league has shown him, people like Jalen Rose that want to see him do good, everybody like the older players that want to see him do well, because, again, you are the American face of basketball, going to be one of the main American faces of basketball. They're going to – young kids do the gritty or whatever like that. Yeah, because mm -hmm. of you. Like, they're going to be kids that are growing out their hair and getting a little – you know, the the blonde King Von stripping their hair or whatever in their locks because of you, brother. So, yeah, now you realize, like, now the gravity of what you actually did is really, like, settling in. Like, wow, like, no, like, there could be, like, a seven- to eight-year-old kid, ten-year-old kid that take, take a gun to school just because they saw me brandishing one on live. You know what I'm saying? Like, in the, some people think of it as hyperbolic, but and that it's extreme thoughts, but it's not far-fetched at all. There are a lot not, of these things to happen. Not even to mention what could happen if he kept on going and didn't acknowledge, didn't take this opportunity to acknowledge. Yeah, I'm. Let me at least for nothing else. Let me at least fake it outwardly that right. I'm not that, uh, and let me be a little bit more reserved. Again, I've said it. Be who you want to be when everybody ain't looking. But when you have as much as you have to lose, who's to say that something wouldn't have happened to him or that he wouldn't have happened? wouldn't have done something to somebody else and being, Oh, I'm just being young and having fun. And now you've made a mistake that can't come back. Like you, this dream suspension, I hope it doesn't hurt their chances and the overall seating. Of course, even though it does, but at this point for the, but in the bigger scheme of things, bro, you might be saving your own life by doing this. And so Absolutely. I, like I, I said, see him move forward. With it. He, he definitely reminds me as far as in the press media reminds me to young Derek Rose. All the talent in the world, so the cameras is all in your face out of nowhere. And you got to learn how to deal with the media and speak, you know? Period. Yes, sir. Last up on Big Deal No Thing, a little bit more lighthearted topic. The Savannah Bananas have sold out all games, every seat for the 2023 season. Big deal or no thing? Pause. Huge deal. That that's a big deal. I agree. That's a big deal. And you can go first. Why do you say? Uh, first of all, if they sold out, then and one of the reasons it's a huge deal is because I will have to find ticket scalpers now. Okay, there was a game that we were planning on going to. Y'all know that it's already recorded, it's documented. So anybody that's out there that's nice with the tickets and everything like that, we're gonna need some tickets, y'all. Um, I'm thinking we bring some of the Crux family out there, maybe. Uh, I'm yeah. Crux family uh, media day at the. Savannah Bananas, I'm with it. Let's get it. A Liz, perhaps be easy. 
I didn't know that. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Shout out to the DJ Blaze Radio Show podcast, available wherever you get your podcast for free ninety nine. But I went to go, as you said, we said, yeah, we're going to hit up a um, Savannah Bananas game. For those who may not know, the Savannah Bananas are a minor league baseball team out in Savannah, Georgia, that do things just a little bit different from the way that they dance uh, in between innings to being able to um, like, like literally just wild out and do silly different things while in the game, but still maintaining being a competitive baseball team. Um, they've drawn national attention um, for just the fun that they are able to provide. And as such, their entire season has been sold out. I went online to try to kind of gauge what the prices were. Cause I, I figured, you know, once you start making the big league, like attention wise, your tickets going to go up. I had to join a wait list, bro. Uh, to even be considered for any opening tickets and or single game tickets that may persist. So, like you said, at this point, it's it, I don't know if it's going to be as bad as the Beyonce tickets, but um, the Savannah Bananas are doing some things down there right and doing it the right way. That's where you can game go and check it. Listen, it, I was getting ready to say you can catch a Charlotte Knights game. I started looking at some of their tickets. I was like, if the Bananas are uh, uh, sold out, I know the Charlotte, oh, $17 tickets. Cool. Let's go ahead and check out and see what opening day might be like. <laughs> but uh, shout out to the Savannah and the Bananas. It's definitely a big thing that, I, like, they're doing a the thing down yeah, there, man. I just wanted to say <laughs> there's a clip. <clears throat> now you had the angle. Um, of a pitcher, you know, shout out to a Liv saying I'm down, you know, you have the angle of the pitcher, he's pitching, so it's behind the like behind the uh catcher, the angle, uh-huh. and so there's a clip where it's behind the catcher and it's looking at the pitcher pitch or whatever, like that. And whatever song they playing, you know, maybe Knuckle If You Buck, or I don't know what stilettos they playing something, but the umpire is rocking his hips back and forth, <laughs> like, no, like, not even not all out the but he's just like kind of grooving, like. Hey, like I'm enjoying yeah, this. Yeah, and I saw that. I was like, no, I gotta make a game, yo. I gotta make a game. Listen, if anybody out you, like uh, High Star said, if anybody out there got some tickets, go on hit us up at a uh, Cliff at Carolina Sports Talk that net. Let us know what them tickets be like. What, what, what them tickets going for, man? We we trying to get down to a Savannah Bananas game, man. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for us for this week, bro. Anything you want to highlight to people before we get out of here, man? Yo, man, shout out to all of y'all again for joining us. Go ahead. What you was going to say? Yeah, exactly. Nah, I'm not saying my final thoughts while that comment is up, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to A-Liz, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody get your laughs out real quick. <laughs> nah, but shout out to everybody joining us on live this evening. Definitely. Um, And, uh, you know, follow your mans at DJ underscore High Star. Um, catch me in the town near you. Uh, all that good stuff, man. And I'll holler at y'all later. Peace. Listen, we appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> ain't much to say, man, about the about the thick up uh, umpire shaking it to some levels. We got We got We gonna send you that video. We are gonna get you that video. Uh, please don't. I, I'm so good. <laughs> Listen, this has been another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Watching on YouTube Live, Facebook Live. Make sure you hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff, at carolinasportstalk.net. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, IG, which is Instagram, Facebook, at Carolina Sports Talk. Hit us up, man. We appreciate you. Until next week, we out. Peace.